I'm not proud that we raised $84 million. The thing that I'm proud about is what we were able to do with the money. And so I think anybody that wants to get into startups, if they just want the news article with how many dollars they raised with their name in it, you will have a hard time pitching your company anyway, because that's not why you're in it. Hey, this is Finding Your Venture, episode number 16, Raising Money Isn't the Point. Nothing makes me feel worse about myself than reading about somebody else's giant fundraising success. Fundraising PR is the best way to pick at that scab of self-doubt sitting in my subconscious. And I know it's not the thing that matters. I know this, but I forget sometimes and I need to be reminded. So that's where Allison Malik is stepping in here to save me. Allison graduated from the University of Michigan College of Engineering. She worked at GM for almost eight years before starting a company called May Mobility. May Mobility has taken a different approach to deploying autonomous vehicles, one that's actually working. And this year they're the third fastest growing company in Detroit. Allison is so cool. And I'm really excited that you're gonna hear her story. My name is Allison Malik. And I am a U of M engineering alum, class of 08, mechanical engineering, and class of 2012, energy systems engineering, master's degree. And I have a degree in German from LSNA. And I graduated with my undergraduate degree in, into the recession in 2008 and was fortunate to find a job. I was very passionate about green technology and clean tech and was although didn't really want to work in the auto industry, was felt really fortunate when I had the opportunity to join GM and start working on electric vehicles. So I took that job as an internship and was able to convert that into a full-time role, which was a good experience. And being an early career engineer in a new technology space, even though the industry you know, is old, it was a really cool experience because I was expert more quickly than you could be in other spaces. But that also meant that there were a lot of things that we just didn't know how to do in the industry. And so we got to work across a lot more sectors than you might usually get to do. Kind of like being in a startup. So I was working with policy teams and finance teams and I worked specifically on electric vehicle charging. So I was also working with utilities, looking at how they would be prepared for the coming electric vehicles. And I really enjoyed that experience. And the more work that I did in that space, the more I wanted to understand why we were making the decisions that we were making about what we should work on. So I took a role working for the executive who ran that whole department and learned more about the decisions of sort of what types of work uh, our group would work on. And from there, got even more interested in what other new technologies could help to make cars even better and, and make transportation even cleaner, and then had the opportunity to join GM's corporate venture team. So that meant I went from sort of being an engineer, using those skills I had learned uh, in undergrad, to having that experience, knowing what it means to be an engineer, and now going out and searching for startups that could bring products that could help my, my previous coworkers make their lives easier either by being better performing, less expensive, easier to manufacture, things like that. And when I was in GM Ventures, we would invest directly into startups, generally a little bit later stage to Series A and later, 
And we would invest in startups that supported the core business. So we would look at technologies in electrification, uh, connected vehicle, autonomy, things that could make manufacturing simpler, help with lightweighting, things like that. I invested across a couple of different companies, had the opportunity to really learn how that industry works. So worked with lots of different VCs in terms of sharing deals, negotiating term sheets and things like that, all while leveraging the experience that I had previously being an engineer that helped me to bring value to the startup, being able to coach them on, you know, what does it mean to go through validation or other things that they just didn't have exposure to. While I was in that group, I also put together some of GM's key relationships in the autonomous vehicle space. And as GM accelerated their work in autonomous vehicles, I actually moved over into the corporate strategy group. Corporate strategy teams usually look at far out into the future, what should we build, be building? You know, what businesses should we be getting into? And then a little bit of work around and what pieces are we missing? And so with, with the work I was doing in corporate strategy, GM had teams working on developing the autonomous vehicles and they had some concepts around what the business could, could be, but didn't really have concrete plans. So we were really looking at how GM could bring the technology to market. And having worked with startups as long as I did, and having been an engineer, I thought that a lot of their plans didn't make any sense. They were talking about bringing tons of vehicles to market really quickly, which doesn't really follow along with the startup concept of start small, get it right, and scale. But they also were planning on bringing technology to market quickly that needed more time to validate. So now this was four years ago. What I thought four years ago has played out as right. <laughs> but that... Those insights around, you know, how to bring the technology to market, both from a technological perspective, sort of the engineering work to get done, but also the business ideas, really inspired me to leave GM at that time and to join up with my co-founders at Olson and Steve Vozar, who had started the April Robotics Lab at the University of Michigan. And we were able to spin intellectual property from the lab out into Mate Mobility and start a company that really changed the conversation about how autonomy could be brought to market. So we were focused on first mile, last mile routes as a business hack and an engineering hack. On the business side, if you do sort of fixed routes and things like that, A, people will tell you where they need to be moved. So you kind of get that community insight to make sure you have users. And B, it's just much easier to map from a technology perspective much easier to kind of keep track of all the variables. And so that was what we did. With May Mobility, I was the COO. An early stage company COOs come in and wear lots of hats. Generally, they build the things that need to get built from an organization perspective. So I was business development employee number one and grew that team. I was operations employee number one and grew that team. I was also running finance, but then eventually grew that team. And I worked with the CEO on a lot of our fundraising. In all, we raised over $86 million um, in venture capital funds, over four different rounds of investment. And it was a roller coaster, <laughs> probably more, more drops than ups, but that's usually how gravity works. It was a lot of fun, but I think what I appreciate most about what we were able to do and what the company is still doing is the impact that we were able to have both on communities in terms of adding new transportation, 
but also changing the conversation about how autonomy could be used to bring transportation to more people, which uh, is something that's very exciting. In January of 2020, we had just wrapped up our latest round of fundraising uh, with Toyota Motor Corporation, and I had been leading that activity. And as I wrapped up that activity, realized the teams that I had hired on to grow the different organizations that we needed were doing a great job. They didn't need me coming in and, and bothering them with their work. And there weren't other gaps that needed to be filled. And so I decided at that time it made sense to step away. And so now I am working to help a couple of different startups and larger organizations with their new mobility strategy. So here's where I started asking Allison just to give me advice. What would you say to a younger Brian who really wants to raise venture capital and needs that validation to feel like they're doing something cool? So I'm not proud that we raised $84 million plus. The thing that I'm proud about is what we were able to do with the money and so I think anybody that wants to get into startup, if they just want the news article with how many dollars they raised with their name in it, you will have a hard time pitching your company anyway because that's not why you're in it. Where if you're interested in startup and you want to do a really cool thing and find other people that, that also think that really cool thing should happen and will give you money to do it and then you go do it, like that's awesome. And that's the point of startup. And, and you don't have to take venture backing, debt, debt funding, friends and family rounds exist. Also, just bootstrapping yourself. Some huge companies have been bootstrapped where you, you make one of things and then you sell that one and you use the profits from that to like keep growing the company. There's, there's different ways to grow small companies to get them, you know, really big, really fast. That's where venture comes in. And so, if you want to build something really big, really fast, but you know what that something is, the, the joy of bringing in venture capital isn't for the dollars, it's for what you can do with it. And so even to your younger self, to just want to do startup and want to raise venture, I would coach you to, to think about what thing do you want to help, what thing do you want to make better? And if you can use that as your guiding principle, it makes the whole experience, I think, a lot more enjoyable because it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it can be very exhausting. But if you have a really strong why that you want to do it, it makes it a lot easier on you, and it usually makes it a lot easier for venture capitalists to understand what you want to do with their money and makes it fundraising a little bit easier. Okay, that makes sense. But what does it really sound like when you're talking about what you're going to do with the money that's so compelling that you're then raise $84 million. What was the drive behind May Mobility? Why, why did that story resonate in such a strong way? So when we, when we were starting May Mobility in 2017 and going out and fundraising, everyone was hearing from the industry, including my previous employer, that autonomous vehicles were going to like take over cities by the thousands in the next year or two, which would have been, this would have been the reality then two years ago. And I, I was just sitting there like, this is just baloney. This is absolute baloney. Like that's not how it's going to play out. And also if it does, like, are we sure that it's meeting the business needs? Are we sure that it's actually making transportation better for people and not just making more interesting transportation opportunities for like the top 1%. And so for me, 
going out with that counter narrative to fundraise and just be like, look, there's another way to go about this. It doesn't have to be rideshare only. It doesn't have to be only for the super wealthy with disposable income. Like we can, we can do this differently. And it actually makes more sense because you can get more clarity on your utilization. Like the business fundamentals actually make more sense that drive to change the conversation in how autonomy could and should be deployed was really important to me. And that is definitely something that kept me going. Okay. So if you're an engineer, you're going to want to pay really special attention to this next section. I started asking Allison a little bit about what it's like to be an engineer and to have a very clear vision for a product or a system that you think will work better than what's out there right now but needing to find a way to implement that solution in a way that jives with what the rest of the world will accept. Just because you see a better solution doesn't mean that the whole world's gonna get on board, especially when it comes to something as big as autonomous vehicles. I have that tendency as an engineer to be like, but this is just how it should work. And I absolutely get caught in that loop in ways that is not always helpful. But from a professional perspective, I've generally been able to avoid it in part because I'm not just an engineer. So I took German language courses, actually dual majored, and I ended up taking all sorts of anthropology classes in Germany as a foreign exchange student and like getting this whole other perspective on the study of people and have really come to appreciate why engineers in particular, because we have so much power, with how we can build products and the decisions that we make impact the whole world. But with that power comes such a great responsibility for understanding the people that you're impacting and for being able to meet them where they are that at least in my professional self, uh, I do a little bit better not getting mad when like the clear answer isn't the one that's working, but really trying to sit back and understand why People are, are held back from my view and trying to use the tools that I have to either meet them halfway, you know, by modifying how I approach things, or a lot of times it comes down to education and communication. And one of the things I loved most with May Mobility is that we were the first company to just be on public roads in this traffic and give at least in some of our cities, anybody who walked up a ride. And so you had whole segments of the population that otherwise probably wouldn't, will not be touched by autonomous technology for years and years and years, being able to experience it, being able to see how it could be helpful in their daily lives. And that is actually what won them over because a lot of times, you know, there's the VC side of debates on how AV will work and which business model will work. But at the end of the day, if you don't have riders, if you don't have customers, it doesn't matter. And we were able to demonstrate that if you can get people into those vehicles, you can really make a difference and change their perception of is the technology safe? Can it help me get do things that I need to do, like get to the grocery store? And that's really powerful. And I think that that's something that people that have an engineering training sometimes forget that, like, it doesn't matter how good your product is if people aren't going to use it. And so making sure people are a part of the equation is really, really important, even if they make no sense to you. <laughs> okay. In this next part, Allison talks a little bit about going from one of the biggest companies in the world, GM, to a startup. 
what advice does she have for somebody looking early on in their career to move towards starting a business? Should you start the startup right away or should you go to work someplace and, and learn about the industry first? Don't go to startup just because you want to do a startup. Go to a startup because you believe in what they're trying to accomplish. I would have preferred to go to a startup out of undergrad, but it was not the time to be picky for jobs. And I ended up having a very much startup-like experience when I was at GM and got to learn a ton with a bunch of resources. And I wouldn't actually change that for the world. And so don't dismiss opportunities, even within bigger companies, if you can work in their new technology or their emerging spaces. You'll have the opportunity to advance your career just like you could quickly in a startup and may learn a different set of skills that will be just as valuable. And so even if you don't start there, you can always, you know, end up there in 10 years like I did. Don't limit yourself uh, in terms of the opportunities that you'll look at. Really think about what areas you want to work in that you're passionate about and let that guide you because the expertise that you would develop can take you in any which direction you choose. But having that expertise and that passion uh, is, is really, really important to help you be able to navigate your future career. Allison, thanks for helping to get me refocused on the things that actually matter. We only have nine more episodes to go in this second season of Finding Your Venture. I'm doing the recordings right now, and they really are good. Thank you to Grammatic for our theme music this season. I take feedback to anybody that wants to give it to me. If you have guest requests or topic requests or just comments, Drop me a line. My email address and LinkedIn are on the website, findingyourventure.com. Thank you.